0: Kind of sounded like a.
1: Oh, why don't I have A
0: sack of dry bones hitting the frozen pond, filled with Rice Krispies.
1: The last. What?
2: <laughs> He's just. Going. You're, you're the weirdest <laughs> serial killer ever.
1: Welcome to the Innovation Overground, the front porch of academic innovation, where we find the, u- the coolest university technology, so you don't have to. We want to add to the volume of some of those innovations and hopefully help them in some way get to a, a shelf somewhere where they can help people. Thank you for joining us. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Joe Rungi. Hey,
0: Charlie. La
1: dog, entrepreneur Werewolf. How's it going?
0: It's going great, man. Okay. Cool. really enjoying the seasonal weather we're having.
1: That's good. Do you have anything else to say?
0: Oh, I do. Please take a moment to subscribe (laughs) to the podcast. Please rate it. Please pay attention to the show because it goes by fast, man. And if you were just staring out the window going, man, what is Charlie looking at me for? (laughs) You know, things just will pass you by. Things
1: things happen when you're not ready for them. They are. They are. (laughs) Hey, do
0: do you think Tyler wants to talk now? No, not at (laughs) all. Not at all.
1: No, do please help us spread the word. So if you like the show, please give us a rating and tell your friends. Um, We want to help spread the word, not just at Nebraska Innovations, but uh, technologies everywhere. And you helping us get the word out helps us do that. Um, Also joined with us is Tyler Scherr, PhD, science wizard. And you know what I thought we'd go over today, Tyler? What? I thought we'd just just let you go do what you want to do.
2: No way. Yeah.
1: Wait, we talked
0: about this. We're not doing that anymore, right? oh oh, we
1: did didn't we did i make no let him do
0: it all right screw it i'm breaking the rule yeah turn it up tear
1: tear rip the ripping noise tyler
2: yes the floor is yours okay yeah go ahead and say 3d printing that's cool actually you know what i want to talk about you know it's a rock star proteins i want to talk about proteins the rock star proteins. the rock star biomolecule (laughs) right you got carbs you got your lipids meh you got your nucleic acids. Man, you got, I you going to forget Are you, nucleic acids. So you're going
1: <laughs> to tell us about how to print, 3D print proteins
2: then? That might be on a future episode, but I'm going to talk about proteins as the original, the OGs of 3D printing.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm intrigued. I don't yeah. believe you, but okay.
2: The original additive manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say- Charlie has got some, like, palpable
0: skepticism over there. Yeah. I am palpating skepticism. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's go
1: over proteins. Yeah. The original additive printers. Yeah. There's four
2: levels. Four levels of protein structure. Starts linearly with amino acids, right? Oh, my gosh. He's so happy right (laughs) now. (laughs) I know. He's like... We should do this more
1: often. He just pulled a dry erase board out of his back pocket. (laughs) He did. unfolded it and everything. There's (laughs) a puppy on it.
2: (laughs) A puppy? Proteins... Are assembled linearly, and then they somehow fold themselves into this three-dimensional structuring that actually does the function. It's incredible. And they do this in microseconds, sometimes milliseconds.
1: What's the difference between a microsecond and a millisecond? In order of magnitude. Please continue. Yeah, in order Thanks. of magnitude. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. So, so, okay. It seemed like I was supposed to be very impressed by that. I don't know. Okay. You Go should ahead. be. All right. How long does it normally the, take to fold a small thing? How long? Does thank it take you for asking.
2: Thank you. Yeah. I'm trying to help you out here. So there's there's Leventhal's paradox. So Cyrus Leventhal. Okay, you lost me, man. Oh, a
1: physicist from oh, Berkeley. Oh, oh Cyrus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Physicist from Cy. Berkeley. Yeah.
2: So kinda
0: wish I'd have gone with my route, which is gonna make a joke about a fitted sheet. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: So he, now that would be that would have been good.
2: This is this is gonna blow your minds. Okay. It's a little nerdy. Blow my mind. But, but you guys gave me the floor, right? Yeah, so we did. You should have expected some nerdiness. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> it is so, a roller coaster ride. It so, was great. Now it's nerdy. <laughs> so this physicist hypothesized that at just a small protein of only a hundred or so amino acids. These are small proteins. For every single possible conformation, it could fold itself into would take more time than the universe has existed if it tested all those confirmations before it made it to its final form. This is These are the ultimate transformers here. That's it's, done, crazy. it's done in milliseconds. It should theoretically take, if a human was doing it, and testing out all the possible options, more time than the universe has been around.
1: Okay. Whoa.
2: Colour- so there you go. All right. That's Leventhal's paradox. I, uh, How do these wizards fold so quickly?
1: insert fitted (laughs) sheet joke here that's a good that's a good spot for it yeah proteins are incredible okay all right i'm impressed what's what's the second layer yeah. What
2: well, the, the the second layer? You the, said
1: there. You said there's four layers. There's four, of I, I just went,
2: I skipped the second and third. Just went so straight the, oh, to the oh, fourth primary okay. layer
0: right. is the actual sequence of amino acids, which are the compounds that proteins are made out. Okay. Of. The Second one is what the primary folding structure.
2: Second one's either going to be beta helices or alpha pleated sheets. Right. Right. So basically,
0: they form and these conserved structures. Like it, so, imagine you have a string, right? And then that's so when the amino acids are, and then the string forms a series of like common knots, right? So like, that's there's like maybe analogy. 12 or so different kind of knots it can make by itself. Okay. Then those knots make the three-dimensional structure. So then they mm-hmm. sort of have the knots kind of ball up on each other. So what was originally a string is now this really complicated ribbon that's got all kinds of places where you can put stuff. And, okay. and, and then the last layer is not really a layer. It's, it's basically you can have two of them stick together.
1: Yeah. So give me give exactly. me a range Thanks, then. Joe. I think I, I, the one thing I don't really fully appreciate is the range of things. What do proteins do?
2: They do can every I, every verb can, associated with life is done by a protein. Got so it. Okay. Every action, yeah, from digesting, uh, metabolizing, movement, um, okay. signaling, uh, receiving st- environmental stimuli and responding to it, all involves proteins. Okay. And structure as well.
1: That so, yeah. pretty much answers that Which is question. why they're
2: awesome. Yeah. And so one in particular, actually, that I wanted to talk about, If if you guys are okay, just – fundamentally on proteins in general I'm good
1: on, I'm done interrupting you on proteins for the moment. (laughs) Okay. I do reserve the rest of my time. I think I'm ready to go on. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. Yeah.
2: So this was a, a protein or peptide based method for treating neurological injury. And this came again out of the awesome Midwest drug development conference that you, Charlie helped organize
1: Yes, the Midwest Drug, for the listeners who um, may not be aware, the Midwest Drug Development Conference was hosted and sponsored by Unimed, the tech transfer office at Nebraska. And we brought in uh, 18 universities uh, from so-called flyover country in the Midwest and kind of got them all in the same room and then brought in industry representatives and venture capital type people. And so, you know, it was just a good one place for, you know, people to check a lot of boxes and, 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 and add volume to those particular groups. So... Yeah. Uh, and so we're gonna probably next couple I don't know how many more shows we're gonna have, but there's a lot of really cool stuff that people are working on all over.
2: So. yeah, this is the tip of the iceberg here. So this yeah. came out of Dr. Yeah. Herson's team at University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. And these are peptides that inhibit key neurodegenerative pathways associated with ischemia. It's a fancy way of saying lack of oxygen, uh, to the brain. So mm. any sort of neurological disease of uh, stroke for example, that involves lack of oxygen to the brain. This peptide could possibly help with that. A peptide is
1: just a, f- a protein fragment. Is that an accurate description? Yeah,
2: or? a peptide is just another name for. So the prim- I mean, the primary structure of the peptides are the things
0: the proteins are made out of.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, so imagine I'm, them as like beads on a string. Each bead is a
2: peptide. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Thanks again, Joe. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So these. Um, are preventative, possibly even partially restorative, uh, for, for neurological function impairments related to strokes, cardiac arrest, traumatic brain injury, even diseases like Alzheimer's. So, so the, so the, the models they've used so far, some animal models have shown that there's, if you, um, treat the animal soon enough post stroke, for example, with these peptides, you can prevent brain damage. Whoa. Yeah.
1: That's cool. Does it does it correct brain damage? Does it
2: they have some data that indicates that it can even be restorative so it can do some partial correction okay. yeah, as well. Yeah, yep, yep. But they there needs to be more testing done. Um these are patent pending and available for licensing right now. So hopefully these could be brought into clinical trial.
1: Well Joe, we've we've got some technology on campus that, that Gus Wang who's who's worked a lot with peptides. Mm-hmm. Are there problems associated with peptides? Because it seems like they can do amazing things. You're hearing this now and then what we know with Gus.
0: So peptides are generally biologics. Biologics are like totally the next frontier in pharmaceutical development. In the past, you would just make small chemical entities. So in this case, you'd make new molecules out of carbon atoms using organic chemistry, which is fairly standard, and then make very small modifications. And they have totally different biological consequences. But what biologic drugs do is they mimic these really powerful natural systems that we've been talking about. It's kind of been a theme in the last few shows. We've talked about how your immune system is incredibly powerful. right? And in this case, you know, how proteins are, you know, multifunctional and can do dying near anything, right? So I think biologic drugs are kind of the next generation. But whereas we have been producing small molecule chemicals for 200 years on like large scale, we still haven't really figured out how to efficiently produce biologics on a large scale. There's a couple of technologies that work, but still biologic drugs are just Fabulously expensive, order of magnitude, right? Yeah. Uh, over you know yeah. what it costs to sort of synthesize something chemically, like saffron, right? We were talking a couple of shows ago about picking saffron uh, stamens or crocuses or stigmas, whatever. stigmas. Them, yeah. Them, I
2: remember the word. Good memory. The flower parts, right? <laughs> so a flower has to grow
0: those, right? right. We can't yeah. just make them, and so someone has to go pick the flower, and that's just expensive. Whereas if we could just chemically synthesize it, you can just do it in a factory. So that's part of the problem with working with peptides in the past is that it's expensive to chemically synthesize peptides. But those approaches are getting less and less expensive, largely driven by some of the awesome things that we can start to do. Another really good example, and it's very much in the vein of, of what Tyler was talking about, is out of the uh, University of Wisconsin, uh, they have generated, these are now synthetic peptides akin to what Dr. Wang is doing, which have enormous uh, capability to be able to uh, treat uh, hypo uh, to treat technical glitches. Um, so they can –
1: Hypopyrothyroidism.
0: Thank you. Man, you should do this one. So um, – which is actually a, a disorder where your <clears throat> body is not producing enough – hormone levels and so by intervening with these cool peptides they can essentially regulate and normalize that type of function and that comes from these sort of non-naturally clearing peptides which uh, are they've actually engineered by people who really understand the biology so by simply looking at what is deficient biologically in patients that are unable to produce those types of of, uh, hormones They've essentially been able to upregulate the promotion of them by producing these artificial peptides, and these peptides are available for licensing in this disorder for which there is no treatment.
1: So when I hear hormones, I, I think of you know, uh, you know, estrogen, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, how is this different than?
0: So hormones are essentially any signaling molecule in your body where one cell talks to another, and mm-hmm. so, you know, <clears throat> you have neurological communication in your body, and then you have what is it? What are the doctors who study hormones?
2: Endocrinologist. Um, Endocrinologist, right? Yeah. You have
0: your endocrine system, which essentially science wizard, folks. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Whoa, <laughs> poof of smoke, um, and I'm gone. I'm <laughs> um, but a humble werewolf, and don't know me, scientists. Um, so the, uh, the 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 principal like part of endocrinology is when you essentially have dysfunction in how you produce hormones or how those hormones signal, which again comes down to touches, right? Like all of these are chemical entities that touch the surface of cells and tell the cells to do something. It's like literally pass a note. And so when you get these types of dysfunctions, right, if you can simply turn on some element of that signaling pathway, it has huge biological consequences because your body's constantly talking to itself in order to better regulate, right? If your uh, digestive system is, you know, insufficient in sort of a particular metabolite, it can like regulate the entire, I don't know, function of your of the rest of your body. And the way that those signals operate is by these hormonal secretions. And so that's why these biologics are a big deal because you can essentially engineer them with the dysfunction in mind and not really knowing the history of, of how this Wisconsin you know, hormone analog What I'm assuming is, is when there is low levels of this hormone function, you simply create a synthetic version of it and can treat someone in that manner. And so... You know, going back to the power of these biological molecules, you're essentially speaking the body's language and sort of mm-hmm. rather than trying to hack it with small chemical entities that will then indirectly produce something, you're just giving it what it needs. And, yeah. and that is an incredibly powerful tool that is really 21st century medicine. So, how close
1: then are we to either one of these things being out there?
2: Um, well, for the the innovation, the peptide innovation I mentioned out of Colorado it still needs more testing. It needs, and it even it's a little more preclinical, I think, before it's even ready to go clinical. Okay. Um, in terms of uh, just really briefly before I pitch it back over to Joe, in terms of hormone treatments, I mean, uh, one really common one would, would be insulin. Insulin's uh, a hormone, it's another peptide right. um, for, for diabetes. So. I didn't realize insulin yeah. was a hormone. Yeah, Interesting. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah.
0: But insulin is essentially a way in which one one system of your body talks to another system, yeah. system of your yeah. body. Right? right. And then, you know, similarly, for the hormone analogs, we're treating um, hypoparathyroidism <sighs> –
1: I feel
0: better now. <laughs> there you go. Uh, sorry to break the wall. Um, so <laughs> the, uh, the 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 real uh, this is already a uh, hormone analog that's approved for other applications. So they uh, oh, yeah. have already demonstrated that it's safe and effective, and now they're looking to expand it and open up new markets. Yeah, and it's even closer. To that market. is such a warf thing to do, right? They bring the thing that's already approved and just looking for its next market. Warf for the uh,
1: listeners. That's the Wisconsin Alumni Research Foundation, right?
0: right? And it's kind of you know one of the more storied and effective tech transfer. Offices. The Oh, G. Yeah, that's- And I'm I think, sure- Is however, that where
1: Warfin gets its name?
0: Warfarin, yeah. Warfarin, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a whole other story. But <clears throat> I'm sure they all subscribe to this podcast. Oh,
1: you know they're just head over heels excited that we're talking about their stuff here. Probably. The, we call it the innovation overground bump.
0: Right. Is I where- mean, because if, if there's a front porch for academic innovation, Warf probably has a sign there and,
1: you know. <laughs> okay, I think on that note, it's time to come to ground before we get- before Wharf comes down and beats us up, I think. it's true <laughs> again. <laughs>
0: Please take a moment to look at the show notes. We'll have links to Wharf's technology. Not like they need our help, and uh, also the um, the uh, um, peptides.
1: Peptides. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Sorry. I guess I, I could be helping. <laughs> That's okay.
1: <laughs> don't don't change now, Tyler. <laughs> 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 All right. For Tyler Sherrod, well, I do want to uh, say thank you to our sponsors, Unimed, the Tech Transfer Office for the University of Nebraska Medical Center and the University of Nebraska at Omaha and also KVNO Studios. Thank audience. What's that? Thank audience. Audience? Never mind. Okay. I don't know. Thank you for that, Joe. And uh, for Tyler Sherr. Joe Rungi, I'm Charlie Litton on the Innovation Overground.